0: DuckTales Welcome to Lordump Where we build a world Right in front of those damn beautiful ears On the side of your head
1: They are beautiful You all have beautiful ears, I'm sure
0: These are some nice ears Yeah. I'm assuming uh, the person listening to this is using headphones So I'm just going to take a peek in here. Oh, wow. These are some beautiful ears. Super clean. It's looking clean. You're keeping it nice in here. I I like it. This is a nice home for sound.
1: This bit is it's amazing. Josh, you say some stuff now. <laughs> hey, everybody. Yeah, like Sean said, this is Lore Dumping, and it is our really good podcast where we do things and stuff. We're going to be talking about a couple of topics today, and then we're going to answer one of our audience's questions. Uh, and the topic is a pretty good one today. I have no no idea how we're going to go about this on a live live recording, uh, because normally, like dungeon building, which is what we're going to do today, is a very practical sort of endeavor like we're we gonna build a dungeon we're gonna build a dungeon dude we're gonna build a dungeon and maybe we'll try and identify some tropes that people use and how you could turn them on their heads how you can surprise Ugh. your players or excite your players that sort of thing in dungeon building because dungeons happen uh and they can be good or they can be bad uh and then we're then, then we'll move on to the question and answer section but first we're gonna build a dungeon
0: Okay so first we're gonna build a dungeon what comes first Joshua why do you think about dungeon
1: hell does this dungeon exist and why would the players go in? that's yeah before they
0: even get to the entrance what the fuck are they doing
1: yeah what is the point of this is this just a? you can't just be a hole in the ground i mean it can't they fall into it which is a perfect can be a hole in the ground yeah like dungeons can be a vehicle for like they're walking along and you step on a surface and the floor collapses and you fall in it and here's all this unique world lore you can do Mm -hmm. that uh there's nothing wrong with that just don't do it all the time because yeah probably once yeah The party should make a have a choice whether they're going to go in, and if you want them to go in, then they should also have a reason to go in. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. That's I guess a good point. Yeah. So we've got one of these in our world now—a dungeon. We just somewhere. Yeah. Why would people come to this dungeon? What's the reason? What is their motive?
1: So we could use existing lore. We could make it, you know, the kind of temple space surrounding the soul gate. We could make it an access way to the pillars or we could just do something completely unique and new.
0: Hmm. I like the completely unique and new. Me part. too.
1: I think you're good. You're, you're in, leaning in the right direction as always. So what if we were doing, uh, what if we did like, like an old school tomb or an old school, like lost kind of like temple sort of thing. Like that's very tropey, but we do have all of these races and, and established lore about, um, Folks being here on the planet. So a good way to convey ancient messages can be through dungeons, frescoes, writings, items, messages left behind by peoples. This is a good way to make your history discoverable without dumping a textbook on your players. Um, So I like to use dungeons for that pretty often. Uh, It's a very good tool. So we could do something like that. Or we could okay, so- make it the junkyard of the goblins. I mean, we could go the opposite direction, right? There's yeah. there's some sort of complex warren through that, that junkyard near Broken Tree. Um, and we map that out and turn it into a, an encounter.
0: Well, I know that dungeons don't have to like dungeons don't have to be no underground subterranean chasms that are lost to time
1: that's what i was saying with like the junkyard like we could do yeah. that as a complex like it's almost like, like a prison w- an open warrants that you have to get through prison's a good dungeon i mean anything can yeah. be a dungeon in dungeons Dragons. the throne room like of a even castle. the human mind yeah it could be i mean i do love making items that people get put into uh that's always fun too that
0: is fair yeah
1: yeah, like the fucking or, but happy fun box and critical yeah. role, for instance. Happy fun ball, yeah, ball. That's a, it's a sphere, Josh, not a cube. You're fine. Um, so, yeah, those are those are all really good options. Um, what would be a good location for that? Is there just like a labyrinth somewhere? <laughs>
0: hmm. There would be for like a happy fun ball kind of thing.
1: We could do that, or we could do. What if there's some sort of colossal creature that functions like a dungeon? A creature? So I'm thinking, like, Shadow of the Colossus only even scaled up even bigger, where, like, there are sections and segments of this creature. Like, what if the... Do you remember we established, like, a big old turtle last week in the Azure Isles? Mm -hmm. What if at one point, and this was, like, cohabitation a population kind of hollowed out portions of the shell and built, like, an old kind of civilization there and they were living inside this creature for a while in the shell, like, symbiotic with it and then moved along. Oh, that's fucking cool. Right? I like that. Let's do that. Let's build... They've They've since left and the turtle, like, that's why the turtle still kind of hangs around the humans. It remembers being a home. So...
0: Essentially it's like these series of caves and tunnels on this island that at any moment can become submerged in water. Exactly.
1: Ooh, that's interesting. Good, right? I love that. Okay. So we've got a it took us a little bit, but we got there. That's like okay. No, we
0: edited all that out. It took no time at all. <laughs> that's
1: part you're right. <laughs> they just heard about it. It was perfect. We're perfect. We're always hundred percent on the ball. So okay, so we've got this turtle dungeon. I, I'm playing with the concept of, like, humans inhabiting it, but what could be other options? What could it have been used for? Um, what, what, Why was it done? Why did they live on this turtle?
0: Why did they live on this turtle? Hmm. For transportation?
1: That's a good idea. Maybe they were nomadic? Nomadic humans? I know how much you like that shit. I always love my nomads. <laughs> what if the island's that they fled to the azure isles were not initially hospitable and so they ended up on the turtle and then eventually like they drove whatever was on the islands off and it was easier to live not on the turtle like it was it was habitable but it was a little difficult when what if the island would submerge itself
0: what if the reverse was true what if it was originally a sub uh aquatic community like tritons lived there. I love that
1: so much more.
0: It was a tritons nomadic home.
1: Yes, and the humans have no idea that this
0: they don't even know the caves yeah, are there, yeah.
1: The turtle island that has this underground complex within its shell. They don't yes. even know and the adventurers can stumble across it or like somebody in the town has just realized and hires the adventurers to go there to look into it. Right? Yeah. Like that's you that's your plot hook. That's your drive like you want your adventurers to engage with this. It's this underground sort of village-slash-town complex within this turtle shell, complete with, like, abandoned worship areas and yeah, it's like a ghost stores and armors, armories and things like that. I like that. What, that's really cool. What, is, is there anything living there now that's a threat?
0: I would say probably something moved in. Yeah. But... Hmm... Huh. What would live on a dragon turtle?
1: Coalant? It's like
0: Or either Coalent or something that's like making the dragon turtle sick. Ooh, I like that. I like that. It's like actively killing the thing it's living on.
1: What sort of But slowly. What of do we do we make it humanoid? Do we make it a monster? Do we make it We can make it whatever the
0: fuck we yeah. want. This is our show.
1: That's I'm, yeah, what's what's it's a big penguin. The giant penguin lives inside. It's a
0: big penguin emperor. Emperor
1: penguin. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> now we can do something else. Okay, I'm No, <laughs> I'm committed to whatever you say. But it's a tropical environment. That's true. It is a tropical environment. Penguins don't make any sense. Let's see. We've got just thinking of, I mean, there's always the defaults that my mind go to are UNT, lizard folk, koalinth. Coalesce, um, low calf, low calf. That's the one. Um, all of those, <laughs> um, all of those are options. But like some of those wouldn't really harm the turtle or poison it. Ooh, that's yeah. such a good hook, though. Whatever is poisoning it is making it kind of act wild, and it's sunk a few ships. And the Ooh, island is like, you... but no one
0: knows what's sinking Yeah,
1: me. no one knows why the turtle's being so aggressive, why it's smashing ships and things uh so you're sent there to help figure out what's going on and you get inside these warrens and find these creatures do
0: they even know it's a turtle does anyone even know that the island's a turtle
1: i think i think the humans having lived there as long as they have would at least know that it's a turtle because we kind of okay and it's but it's never been aggressive before right because i guess that's true maybe some don't maybe some do maybe like the local druids know something like that right but not everybody maybe the it's not common maybe
0: the island used to disappear very rarely yeah but now it's increasing in the uh rate at which it disappears
1: it's the common folk know that are like there's this weird island that comes and goes some of the more informed individuals perhaps have an idea of what it is in the town
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Because then, depending on the, that's depending on the DM, right? If they make a person who might know available to the party, they get more context. If they choose not to, they get less context. Leave that at the DM's discretion. That could work. Yeah. Because, like, again, like a local druid who is, like, super standoffish and lives away from the rest of the society, right? Maybe mm-hmm. they know what the turtle is, but if the party is directed to that individual or not, is completely at the DM's discretion, right? If that individual comes up. Yeah. So then you have two options. You can be less subtle and more subtle. You could be like, there's this weird island and ships keep sinking. Or you could be like, well, there's this druid who seems to know a little bit about it.
0: Okay. As long as someone knows about it, I think it's fine. Yeah.
1: But That's I like, like the mystique. The mystery is always good. It just really depends Although- on...
0: The metagame players would be like, oh, that's a fucking island? Yes, okay, it's a tractor. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay,
1: okay, okay, okay. okay. It just, it's just having pieces. both. You see that in, like, written adventures all the time. Have a few set pieces that you can apply or not, dependent upon yeah. on whether you need it. So we've set that up. We just need to figure out what the hell is making this turtle sick.
0: Um... What if... It's... A trying To think of creatures that breathe water, yeah, that's not like a kraken or a leviathan or water elementals. Abolith, (laughs) there's an abolith stuck in the shell. I'm fully on board with that. That's actually fucking rad as hell. That would be fucking
1: terrifying. Could you imagine just like an abolith? Because aboliths are pretty fucking big, yeah, they're huge and they make they make chambers they make safety spaces for they make chambers
0: they also affect the mind of creatures around them yeah so what if it's not getting sick what if it's being possessed it's possessed by an aboleth there's like an aboleth infecting this thing's mind yeah
1: like it's like whoa there's all these weird tunnels what if they were bigger and then i was in proximity to this creature and began taking control of it and that's what's making it feral making it attack ships and things
0: that is fucking radical.
1: You know I what? You know what comes along with aboleths most often?
0: Uh, slime and gross water. Y-
1: yes, one hundred percent. Also, cults. Aboleths love mm. conning humanoids into worshiping them.
0: Maybe that's why it travels.
1: It goes from like.
0: It makes it go places to pick up more cult followers. People. Keep, so this island will just show up on the shore of like another place. Yeah and draw people into it and then disappear exactly
1: because avaliths the way they operate they get in your mind and they show you the thing you most desire and -hmm. you just see that moving forward so you just kind of like hang around in its space they're not like particularly vicious creatures they just want followers i mean they're disgusting gnarly messy obscene astral beasties but they're not like they're not exactly as predatory as some other creatures, uh, and they're less um, xenophobic than beholders. So. Traditionally, we can yeah. do whatever we want with an Aboleth, but this is cool. This all makes sense.
0: Um, okay. Aboleth, cult. So we've sure. got an Aboleth. Good. We've got
1: these old um, triton catacombs that the Aboleth has moved into onto the turtle shell, and we've got cults of Maybe it humans. brought them in there.
0: Or maybe they brought it in there, not knowing what it was.
1: And then it as eventually... Con- it basically,
0: like, it eventually killed all of them. And then I was like, well, now I need more people. Yeah. I need- hey, turtle, take me over there.
1: Yeah. And it showed up at the island. And it's been around forever. Because time's weird to aboliths as well. It's not oh, particularly yeah, yeah. Well,
0: relevant. All aboliths are one abolith.
1: Yeah. And they- If
0: I remember correctly from the lore. They all share the same mind.
1: They, when they are born, they inherit the mind of their predecessor. Like, they inherit the memories uh, yeah. is is kind of the way it works so it's really all knowledge is perpetual within Abolith culture um, yeah i think they identify differently but they also refer to themselves as Abolith, which means god in Abolith, i believe mm-hmm. so like they refer to themselves as god <laughs> the fucking worst creatures <laughs> on the planet they're so weird they're little asshole squid <laughs> okay so so we've got an abolith. We've got mm-hmm. humans being taken away, which is yet another draw, right? Well, humanoids from the islands being taken away, which is yet another possible draw. We've got a turtle, sick, smashing things. And we've got these warrens. So I think we have a really good setup for a dungeon here. We've got really good hooks for the players for to follow. Um, the next part is where it gets a little trickier because a lot of the time it's technical, right? I heard you say yeah. this the other day, Sean, and I'm the exact same way. I sit down and I start writing the map or drawing the map and that mm-hmm. helps inform a lot of what's going on in the dungeon. So this is gonna be a little different to that because we're not drawing up a map. Oh
0: yes. I usually like to know what things look like before I can pull further from them, which is why all my characters start from
1: art. Same. Yeah. It's a good creative process, it really is. It helps to like get the juices yeah. from but we've got a big old shell we needs we know we we know we need some sort of antechamber for the abolith to be in mm-hmm. and it has to be huge there have to be entry points for aboliths and more triton sized entry points too to this warren through the turtle shell
0: there don't have to be abolith sized holes it could be stuck in there
1: oh so they brought it in when it was what little, if it
0: grew and, and it's it can't get stuck. out
1: i love that yeah So that's even why the cultists are even more important. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the abolith is stuck in there. There's this huge antechamber right at the apex of the shell. So the shell kind of goes up. The apex of the shell. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
0: Like like a pyramid.
1: Well, you know what I mean, because shells are domed, and in the top. No,
0: no, no. I mean like turtle shells come in all different. Oh yeah, they could be really pointy. Yeah. yeah. Like at the top of that. Yeah, at the top of that
1: dome, there's this big hollowed out segment that the yeah. abolith resides in and everything leads up to that this Warren warrant of old triton like neighborhoods and things like that yeah but the abolith, aboliths aboleths have set up traps since then right on the way in uh or well the yeah cultists the cultists have. have yeah yeah
0: so yeah
1: okay Ooh. what would be some good set piece traps right so there are there are the atypical like environmental hazards so like you got brown mold and yellow mold and black mold and you've got quick sand traps and you've got pitfall traps those are all on the dm's guide you can throw those things yeah. around willy-nilly but the better kind of there's environmental encounters are a cool part that's what times. i think is
0: more important in yeah. this dungeon yeah
1: it's really easy to throw traps wherever from the dmg we'll leave that yeah. to y'all let's let's define our our encounter traps or encounters
0: well, because the Aboleth essentially has control over the dragon turtle, mm-hmm. if it knows players are inside the uh, the turtle, it can submerge it beneath the water. Beautiful. It could also like make the turtle take these weird, turbulent movements through the water to try and push them out.
1: I love that. So, you, like
0: have it do a barrel roll in the water to just try and like flood through the shell.
1: So we have a constant environmental encounter where if the Aboleth mm-hmm. is alerted based on either cultists escaping or the players making a ton of noise or being rowdy, it will begin to trigger first being submerged and then essentially this push trap thing where the water, the current that is formed as this turtle tilts through the water, dragging these currents through it, may push players out of the whole thing yeah i love that
0: or like into certain rooms where there's other
1: dangers yeah like there's armies waiting and you can kind of like force them via current back yeah that's cool that's very good so i i mean the submersion stuff that can just be triggered by a member of a patrol gets away or the players are you know being particularly rowdy that's how i tend to do that any other triggers for that any specific mm. rooms or locations? Um, I don't know.
0: I'm not sure how it would trigger it. I think that would how be how, depending on the Diabolus' first encounter with them. Because mm-hmm. if it like senses them and it's like, hey, what's up? Who are you? Yeah. You're a new brain. I want to talk to you. What do you want?
1: Which it absolutely Let's talk. can do.
0: Yeah, and if they're like, no, fuck you. And then he's like, okay, underwater. I'm out of <laughs> Try and breathe. Nope, not happening. Cool. You want you want to talk now? You can talk to me now.
1: Yeah. The abalith <laughs> almost a, the Aboleth's intent isn't to immediately kill the players; it's mm-hmm. to consume them into its cult. It's almost like a weird social trap. So, so the can we make the in the back end of the turtle? Can there be a series of rooms that are kind of set up like like actual dungeons, like actual jail yes. cells? And the currents push them back into those rooms and there are cultists mm-hmm. waiting to close those doors, which then means the players have to figure out how to escape or be taken to the Aboleth.
0: There's also that he could the Aboleth could potentially be like, oh, you're almost there and like lead them the wrong way into that room.
1: Oh, perfect. So there's a bunch of lures this, to trap them. Yeah. In the
0: back of the room. He can lead them to basically any room he wants. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, take the next left. And they're in like a fucking weapons room yeah. with a bunch of cards yeah
1: with a bunch of dudes in there okay yeah i love that there needs to be some sort of temple of worship with a just packed full of fucking cultists too oh yeah um where they get aggressive with them so that's the second encounter um
0: and i think that'd be located the room it's essentially the room before his antechamber yeah. would be yeah, for sure there's like that temple room whatever it's called and then there's like a long walkway to his uh, his chamber which sort of like leads up a staircase along like the outside of the show
1: love that it's like s- kind of spirals up around and there's this like weird beautiful I like to I still like to do like some sort of you know like there should be some sort of room that has like the history of the f- like the tritons meeting this great turtle and like a a symbiotic relationship being formed where they offer gifts and protection and the turtle allows them to live in its shell and it's held on like a fresco on the wall or something like that, you know what I mean? Like a, like a blocked off room. Yeah, that's like, they can stumble across maybe like off to one side. Like one of those like story rooms. Um, where I really they, like that. they get a tip or a hint. Um, I also, you know, you definitely want to flavor in I think there are probably still a few Triton abolith creatures left, but it's barely distinguishable. Like it's gonna take some very severe, serious investigation checks from the party to be like, that looks like a corrupted turned slime triton. Like yeah. from so those are other like little hints to the history of the dungeon. So that's what I'm getting at is hinting to what happened here through enemies and paintings and the environment is i that's really important so i would say that's another mm. element we want to put in there too
0: no it's always good to put in
1: there yeah okay so we have got
0: it f- needs to f- be multiple avenues because they can always skip over that shit
1: oh yeah 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 multiple ways to ascertain that information they still might not get it and that's not going to kill anybody yeah. but it is it should be available to find and discover yeah um always cool so we've got that established in there we've got a couple encounters do we have loot rooms those are always popular
0: we should have a loot room. Yeah. It just... Well, it, would it be... Do aboliths pile shit in their slime holes?
1: I don't think aboliths care I know about treasure. that sounds treasure. grosser than I meant it. It did sound really gross. I don't think treasure is something that's important to Aboleths. Hold hmm. on. Let me double check.
0: I, I'll i look it up. Okay. I'm already here. Good to All of
1: this abolith lore thus far has been off the top of my head. I don't remember that uh, specific.
0: Ethereal memories. God likes... Enemies of the gods. It doesn't say anything about how they keep their treasure, so I think that's up to us. That's up to us. But I think there would be a room where it would have everyone who comes onto the shell deposit its shit. So there could be like a pirate ship was yeah looted, taken, treasure thrown in there. There's like a
1: treasure hold. I I like the idea that the aboleth doesn't particularly care, but the nature of it. So it just throws it in. A yeah, hole. it just throws it. There's just a pile of shit you have to go through. Yeah.
0: It's like I don't I don't care about this don't really want anyone else to have it so I'll just leave it here yeah fuck them
1: yeah this is this is my treasure hoard the human cultists seem to think it's important I just put yeah. in a pile in the back room
0: and I think I like to think that it's in one of the chambers that never unfloods
1: it's always submerged
0: yeah it's always submerged at least a portion of it is submerged in water so you'd have to swim down to it I like that a lot that's yeah. good
1: thank you are there a lot of the time there'll be a really really nice boss loot room and then throughout the dungeon there'll be a few pieces of equipment that will help or just are neat to have are there any other locations yeah. we want to throw that sort of thing
0: right before the uh Ableth room we'll have a bunch of ammo boxes uh we'll have a few health potions <laughs>
1: Maybe just a so little,
0: you know what's about to happen a
1: little, a little more subtle than that maybe.
0: <laughs> oh no okay um there'll be a save point <laughs>
1: Is, there's a, there is a specific room that nobody can get into except for the party for long rests.
0: Um, <laughs> it's called the Resty Hole.
1: No, you know what I mean. Like, like uh, maybe in like a long forgotten corner of this, there is a dead adventurer, and on that dead adventurer, there is a potion of water breathing, or a yeah. like,
0: or maybe one of the prisoners that they have trapped on this fucking turtle could help. Love that. There's a whole dungeon room full of people yeah. who could either already be dead and in cages because they drowned to death, or, you know, still alive because they can breathe water, but are like, hey, I know what's going on here. Fucking help me.
1: And if the cultists are also trapping those people, theoretically, they're taking the things off of them and putting them in a room near the the dungeons. So, or like just in like a weapons holding room, right? Like a lot of the time, right next to the dungeon, they put at least the equipment there. Not necessarily the treasure, but there could be handy Mm -hmm. dandy little things nearby the dungeon. That's
0: that. God, those guys are so dumb. I would just throw them off the turtle. Why are you keeping them around? They're going to use them against yeah, you. Yeah, I know right. Hey, welcome <laughs> idiots. <to D&D. laughs> Anyways, yeah, we'll put them in we'll put them inside the cage with them. Let them keep their weapons.
1: So there's a couple of different options for for treasure like that uh, to be available to the party.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What else do we need, Sean?
0: Um, what else does a good dungeon need? It needs to have NPCs in it. Mm-hmm. this is just a personal preference but a good wacky npc that has nothing to do with what's happening yeah it always makes a good dungeon a little more fun
1: like a talking psychic lobster
0: like a talking psychic lobster yeah just like that and we're done
1: there's no, jails are always a good place to put an NPC. that's what i was thinking yeah always so that jail either in the is
0: jail or something that just like sort of by happenstance, ended up inside this creature. And it's like, I don't know what's happening. I'm just vibing in this shell. This is where I live now, and they don't really know I'm here, so if you could keep it quiet, that'd be great. That'd Thank be you. Awesome.
1: Appreciate <laughs> it. I
0: would really love that.
1: So, what could survive? Let's do two NPCs, then. Let's do one that's, like, kind of lurking and living there, and one in the dungeons. Both of them need to be able to survive underwater.
0: Well, one in the dungeon will almost certainly be... A newer age Triton or something like that.
1: So like what I'm assuming a Triton.
0: Like a Triton general or something.
1: Okay. Who's been like, it's been captured and thrown in there.
0: Or like uh, someone who is out on patrol or some sort of like scouting mission and was lured here by this Aboleth. Okay. And thrown in the hold.
1: And they're like halfway to being converted by the Aboleth. And they're like in this weird struggle with themselves. That would be cool.
0: Well, it is. It is kind of telling because the prison is vir- virtually empty all the time because of the aboleth. It just eventually gets these people to behave, especially after days of being kept captured at sea. Yeah, it's just able to wear them down and like pull them to his side. So the jail cells are normally just empty. There's like one or two dudes in there ever.
1: I I really do love the idea that like the NPC in there is like at war with itself like there's two personalities this triton is like one is like yes give yourself to the ablis and the other one is like no fuck off stop stop what what is happening to me and they're it's having... like smeagol yeah it's it's smeagol master smeagol the triton he's
0: like locked in his cell
1: nasty hobbitis <laughs>
0: master the, Abilous. Abilous.
1: <laughs> the precious <laughs> um <laughs> that's and perfect needs the okay so that's our npc there is a triton who's like undergoing the metamorphosis into um abelith's thrall um so what's our second npc lurking in what's what's something sneaky peaky that can get through and kind of exist without being captured in this this dungeon shell?
0: what if there's a druid that snuck aboard Because their father was captured by the Apolith.
1: I love this. And they're like
0: stowaway hiding in the ship, or in the turtle. Trying to. Trying to free them.
1: Yes, I love that. Just to expand upon it, do you remember the druid back on the island? Maybe that's, like, mm-hmm. the wife or the daughter or the sibling of these other two druids. You're like,
0: my fucking shithead daughter's gone, too, so
1: I only wonder where they went. Yeah, <laughs> Disappeared. Clearly yeah. gone after their dad. God damn it. <laughs> they're in that but They're
0: But they're hidden on the ship as an octopus.
1: Okay, I love that. Octopus. So
0: it's got, like, druid. that camouflage.
1: Mm. They're just living there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a little druid den somewhere, like some little cranny that's lost and tucked away and hidden behind One something. of
0: those old, forgotten, like, caved-off sides. Yeah. Or, like, maybe the shell's kind of partially regrown in that section, yeah. so it kind of partially blocks the, the way off. And they like, just sneak around that little cubby hole.
1: I love the idea that, like, the abolith doesn't really care about the aesthetics so much so like what used to be these beautiful hallways that were well kept they're coated with seaweed and there's things growing that covers up gaps and entryways that you don't realize are there so there's a lot of hidden pathways and compartments from that too I love that yeah and our druid is is has a little druid's nook which might actually be a place that the party could sneak a tiki short rest or even long rest depending on how gracious the while
0: getting some of that history
1: yeah that's perfect Oh, yeah, that's good. God, this this dungeon is awesome.
0: There's also a, a massive reward after they kill the abelth in the form of a dragon turtle. Yeah, that owes you a favor or like is kind of cool with you now.
1: Yeah, who has
0: fortifications built into it? Turtles are, are some kind of, of the out. best. Giant turtles are amazing. Turtle's the best. Also, you could be your boat. That's your new ship. Is a dragon turtle.
1: You could make your own base out of that place.
0: Put it like a little house on top. Yeah. Of the show
1: it's so good so good that'd be really cool oh my god is there anything else we want to add to this
0: i don't know i feel like it's really good yeah but i also feel like we cut out about 15 minutes of nothing so we're only going to have like 15 minutes
1: that's true we need to do more
0: got it this is going to be cut as well i could be wrong we could only cut out like four or five minutes
1: you never know let's let's we never know what else can we add um We'll
0: add in another Aboleth.
1: Is there a mechanic where the turtle is fighting against the Aboleth control and can possibly reach out to players as well?
0: Hmm. Dragon turtles really don't reach out via the mind?
1: Yeah, it would have to be like the druid would, or telepathy from the players. But what what would happen if the players attempted to communicate with the turtle? Like they have... 'Cause players have agency to do that. Speak with animals, like again I
0: think that if they tried to talk to the turtle, it would alert the abolith.
1: That would trigger the abolith.
0: But I feel like he would talk to the turtle and be like, Oh no, yeah. Yeah, help me. I'm in such danger. Come inside.
1: Okay. So <laughs> the abolith is telling the turtle to lure them in more.
0: Or the abolith is the one speaking. Okay, through
1: the turtle. Got it,
0: got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. The turtle's not like, oh yeah, you guys should definitely come chill. Yeah. They yeah, hear this like, voice I'm a turtle.
1: That the players assume is a turtle. Yeah. And it's an appleith.
0: I love eating boats. Come inside and hang out with me. Oh, yeah.
1: You need to go to the very center chamber. Um don't worry, you'll see some weird shit. Don't worry about it. There's something in there that I need you to take care of.
0: I get really anxious if you bring your weapons in there, so just kind of leave them at the
1: door. Yeah. No way. You weapons. won't need them.
0: It's a super peaceful room for, full of uh, hugs and friendship. If
1: you leave your weapons, I'll make this much easier for you because I can trust you. I almost you. love that this
0: Aboleth is just a giant idiot. Just like, uh, just like totally come chill with me inside and it's fine. Don't
1: worry about it. You're good. you good. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. That's so good. Okay. So you know oh, what happens goodness. if they try to talk to the turtle? We know what happens with all of the kind of layout of everything. I really like what we've got there's always it's a good things that's a good get but this is the npcs are defined the lore is defined the baddies are defined you can literally pull the abolith cultists they have them stat blocked in the salt marsh book Aboliths are in a bunch of books They're the first one in the monster guide or monster manual yeah yeah there's no need for statting anything you can use the stats for the turtle um Mm -hmm. we're golden it's done
0: Stop asking us about it. It's
1: perfect. That's another brilliant little creation there. I love it so much. Yeah,
0: another beautiful spot on the world.
1: That means it's question time. What? Yeah. No one told me that. Yeah. Do you know you can you can send us questions? Uh, if That's you later. No, uh, but we'll talk to you about. Don't them. tell them now. They don't. They haven't earned it yet. Okay. You have to watch the whole episode. Okay, they have to listen <laughs> to find out how to ask questions. Wait until later on.
0: Or go watch season one, because we say that off of 50 times an episode. <laughs> yes.
1: So our first, or our question for today, geez louise, is from our friend Retro, who is a good <gasps> friend follows us on a lot of, of uh, twee, has asked questions of us before. Uh, thank you, Retro, again, for sending I on his question for us. And that question is, hey guys, Retro here. I'm a relatively new DM, so I'm starting out with adventures that Wizard has put out. As I become more confident, I want to start slowly mixing the official adventures with homebrew, and ultimately transition into being able to just do full homebrew. Any tips for being able to make this easier and smoother for me? Thanks in advance for taking the time to read and answer retro.
0: Dragonheist. you just going to yell. So, sorry. <laughs> that's... That's... A, uh, Dragon Heist is a very easy to run and start off adventure without having to get too into its own source material. Um, I ran it once the first two or three chapters are very baseline early on adventures that end up with them owning a house in the city. And if you just cut there and do the rest of the stuff however you want to do it, like you can jump to, you know, Against the Giants or Cult of the Dragon Queen or you can jump to another Faerun adventure or start doing your own stuff. And you already have such a great foundation with knowing the city, having some people in the city that are your favors, a place to call your own in an interesting part of town called Skull Alley where you can change all the shops. That's what I did. It's actually very it's a good foundation if you just do the first like couple of chapters
1: there are adventures that lend themselves to this and there are adventures that don't yes strad don't don't even try like curse of strad is its own thing that is completely consolidated and heavily defined and well known it's going to be a lot of work with a lot of kind of almost You'll run into moments where your players will be like, well, isn't it like this? Because so-and-so I've read. And it's, I wouldn't yeah. bother with that. Um,
0: That's why I wouldn't even run strong. Yeah,
1: like, there's there's a lot of adventures that are completely locked into what they are. There are other adventures that are more like setting guides than they are really adventures. Salt Marsh is one of those, uh, for sure. Um, there are still issues with that, and we can talk about that in a minute. Um, but settings are good ones that you can kind of there is an initial kind of area and region that is defined and a lot of the stuff outside of it is just vaguely mentioned and you can build upon that and make your own stuff out of it which is what i do with conundrum company um but there are adventures you kind of need to be careful with i think storm king's thunder is good for for this as well um icewind dale in my basic kind of looking at it seems like another good option um They're the sort of books that build a region that you can have an adventure in and then step out of that region once they've completed that initial story arc. You also need to consider how long the adventure is. If it's an adventure that ends at level 20, probably not uh, really helpful.
0: yeah. Um, I will say because Dragon Heist is designed to end at level 5 and then allow you to jump directly into the Dungeon of the Mad Mage... It does allow you to run through a lot of that campaign, getting familiar with the city of Waterdeep, which is a very well-built city. There's a lot of interesting characters and high-level NPCs. I mean, you meet Volos in like the first 10 pages of that book. Yeah. Your party's already talking to Volos. Um, like, there's a lot of interesting startup that just sort of happens in that adventure. That allows you to then say, okay, now I'm going to make up my own stuff as we get further along. Because you've already seen how to sort of pace things, uh, how to change them as they change with the party's decision. You know, all this varied content and built out. They already might come out of this campaign with an arch enemy, some villains, some revenge that needs to be taken. Like there's a lot of different ways you can go after those five levels of play. Um, and you can change it along the way as you go, get more, more familiar with running and changing and creating as a DM, and I think all of that stuff. Uh, that's why I would I would recommend Dragon Heist as the first one, although I do hate how political it gets. I will say that. It's very in the, in the weeds of politics.
1: And again, yeah, like my experiences with Saltmarsh, it's very similar. It ends at level 7. Um, I think a, I have a, f- a few tips going into it be co- at least be cognizant of the setting and how that will lend to future adventures outside of it right and make that clear to your players like so there are multiple settings in dnda and some of those are more familiar to players and some of those are not so if you have players who have no idea about any of the lore and are never going to look into it you don't really have to worry Because you can just pick and choose a la carte and you're golden. Mm -hmm. If you have players who are sleuths, (coughs) Sean, who know the lore, uh, you have to be uh, more careful um, about what you uh, do and don't kind of grab. Because they may or may not engage with it. Even then, you just have to set down kind of um, uh, expectations. Like, okay, this is going to have parts that are the same, parts that are not. You could throw, again, I'm using Greyhawk. Right. Rather than the Sword Coast, which is far less familiar to contemporary d and players. But if I'm playing with a player from the 70s or 80s, they know Greyhawk far better mm-hmm. than they do the Sword Coast traditionally, because many of them have lived in those spaces. So there's this weird element of knowing the history of d and and knowing the history of the setting that you're going to place the adventure in and knowing your players context and what they might know uh so just kind of having a quick conversation about it you don't have to go crazy don't kill yourself over it but be aware of what context they're bringing in um because then you can go okay i will be changing this i won't be changing this so on and so forth moving forward mm-hmm. that's been a learning experience recently for me i will tell you genuinely uh but it's definitely important i think it's good yeah Working in predefined campaign settings is a delight. It's also a nuanced <laughs> art when you want to homebrew it.
0: Just there are also it. some... There There are moments where it feels very limiting, though, I will say. Because I very rarely run pre-made campaigns because of how much I homebrew everything I touch. Because I, I tried to run Tyranny of Dragons with uh, Josh in it, and there were parts where I was like, this is not what I want to do. It's like so much of this book I want to change. And at this point, I might as well just start writing my own thing.
1: Well, that's what so. I did. I was salt marsh. I threw, I took a few pieces and I threw the rest of the book out the window and did my own thing, which I think is the yeah. other thing. Like feel free to go hog wild with it, to have fun. Don't let it limit you. Just use it as a reference guide and go from there.
0: And know that when you did, you do decide to go away from the material You have to be okay if it doesn't make sense down the road. Like, Try and read through the whole adventure. See what you would be changing down the course. But knowing that the book is designed the way it's designed to the end, then changing something earlier on will potentially have ramifications throughout the whole book. It could just not be important at all. And changing it just makes it easier for you and nothing else happens. But it could also be like, oh, this is a chain reaction through the whole book that now I'm having to chase. And it's, it's not easier at this point.
1: And I think that's that's really, I was kind of segueing off of that. Using predefined settings and adventures is arguably harder than homegrown. Yes. Where it, it there's pros and cons. The pro to a predefined setting is combat encounters, monsters, story progressions done for you. So you don't have to do so much thinking on that. However... Mm canonical lore and memorizing all of this stuff has to be done in that setting with homebrew, Mm -hmm. the encounters aren't built for you. So you have to build your own encounters or you can go on the internet and find them and just implement them with your own little makeup on them. That's doable as well, but you don't have to worry about, you can just change the lore. It's your lore. The number of times I've been homebrewing and something has happened with a player and the world lore has adjusted because they don't know any different. Yeah. Like that's the that's the joy of homebrew. So I think a lot of players go into adventures and settings thinking that it's easier. It's not. It's absolutely yes. it's just different. Um so a lot of people get really frustrated when they sit down, start with a setting, get two sessions in and go, This is a lot of work. I hate to tell you yeah. all this, but dungeon mastering is a lot of work. So <laughs> <laughs> you know either yeah. way homebrew or setting uh you want to enjoy dungeon mastering and use the tools that are given to you
0: exactly and if you've sat down and memorized the adventurer's guide to the sword coast and you know all that shit fucking have fun yeah. go for it do whatever you want i'm jealous that you can do that i don't know anything about fair <laughs> i really don't i wish i did
1: and it's you constantly with some of the older stuff, again like Greyhawk, some of that has eight different versions that are all viable lore as
0: yeah, well. Yeah, you gotta figure out what time period you're yeah. playing in, it, because it's like, oh well, is than Kine has the circle been created, all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But
1: you know, what is are you doing Vecna like I scrapped Vecna? Like there's you know, there's all yeah. kinds of stuff. Um so there's so much you can do. And then you can also be like like Matt is like, oh, Vecna's cool whoop over here like you can do all kinds of things um yeah home-
0: one of the great things about dnd is the multiverse because yep. literally if you homebrew your own place you can have them jump across a plane to faerun or exandria or eberron or greyhawk or any of those settings done like you yeah. you can weave those things together in your own world yeah if you want to borrow something
1: yeah it's perfect or you can canonically set up something that has the same name but functions entirely different to what the canon says as well.
0: Yeah. Or you can pull a whole pantheon from a different game and say, yeah, they're also here too.
1: Yep. Home- I think a lot of people also think homebrewing is making up your own shit. Homebrewing is 90% altering existing content. Yes.
0: Usually, if someone makes their own shit and homebrews it, it's a very dense, very boring, lore, expo- like, expository, fucking 12-minute dialogue gameplay. That's yeah. like, that's not fun. Yeah. Even for the DM, that can't be fun. Just reiterating stuff you've already written down on a notepad. Yeah.
1: That, that stuff, like if you're going to do that, have it there to help you know for context if the players engage with something. And then you can give them a bit. Exactly. That's, that's like world homebrew stuff. Like all of this lore we're setting up, we would never exposition this at our players. We literally God, just no. talked about in the dungeon ma- making segment here having little dribbles of information available if they so see fit. But all that context doesn't have to be relevant to the players. It just has to make your world valid and functional
0: recently I realized how impossible this game is to, or this world is to run for people who listen to this show because of how much information they'd have about the world. Yeah. It almost wouldn't be fun to play in this world you're like, oh, I know exactly what's going on everywhere.
1: Yeah. Anyone who's watched so. this podcast would not want to be a player, for sure. No, no, no. God, no. Yeah. <laughs> or listen to, you can't watch it. Well, to,
0: never. I mean, I'd play in this world, but that's just... I
1: mean, me as well, I made because... It. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Obviously. There's a certain
1: point where you're just like, I don't care how much context I have. I would love to be here. <laughs> I'd
0: still play. It's it weird because I now? would play in, I would play in this world mm-hmm. because we built it together. I would never play in my own world that I built on my own. That makes sense. Yeah. I get that. Cause I don't want people running that world. <laughs> it's mine. Yeah. Don't like, touch don't, it. It's, you, it's your baby. Stop playing with my toys. Those are my toys.
1: That's valid, man. That's valid.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Weird to, I don't I've think that
1: having that context for the players is sometimes the worst
0: yeah oh oh my god oh well retro that Ugh. was a
1: fantastic question and we got to
0: thank you for your question retro yeah
1: philosophize about D D, which is always a favorite
0: yeah we always love the wax philosophic about our favorite table game yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> jesus this is our life
0: <laughs> this is our fucking life and it's been a misery not having to Have D and D every weekend. I know, right? I'm ready to
1: play some more. We've been on break, my friends. Yeah, get
0: me back into Conundrum Company
1: soon, my friend, and off the rails.
0: The worst part is having all this downtime. Be like, okay, now I can work on my campaign, or I can start writing another one,
1: Uh,
0: or I can do other stuff. Or Like, what do you? No, (laughs) hang on.
1: Oh my god. Oh heck, yes, I concur. well, with that, so Retro asked this awesome question, Sean. If other people wanted to ask a really awesome question, where would they send it? Where would it? they go? Yeah.
0: See, so I did that. I asked you, so did then you, just turn you have out, to say okay, it. Okay, well, you know yeah. what? Well, you go to lordumquestions at gmail.com or at the Lord Up on Instagram and Twitter.
1: And what about if they wanted to listen to it on YouTube?
0: No, it's not possible. The, wait a minute, we put them <laughs> up on YouTube now. <gasps> the whole first season and these episodes are going up on YouTube? That's insanity, Joshua. I know, it's so You good. sound like a crazy
1: person. It's on the Welcome In's YouTube, which is our home. Twitch.tv slash the Welcome In and YouTube slash the Welcome In, where we put a lot of content. We
0: put a lot of content, and me and Josh's campaigns that we've already mentioned are now podcasts in the welcome-in sphere That's right. If that's a thing. I don't think it is, but
1: we're going to call it that. I like it. If you want to watch Sean and I put our money where our mouths are and run games. Go to YouTube. YouTube's a great place to do it. Podcast, or you can catch us live on Twitch. So,
0: Yeah. Come, come look at our worlds. You can see Josh terraform an existing world to his mind in the Conundrum Company. Once I'm done making that podcast,
1: yeah, you can watch me rip apart Grey Hawk and piece it back together in the way I want it to be.
0: <laughs> Lots of duct tape. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love it. Oh my god! All right. Well, bye everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye everyone it's christmas is it
1: yeah tell me more
0: like did he have a car jesus
1: <laughs> every time every
0: time it's better and better <laughs> tell me more tell me more diddy roll a d4 bana bana Oh, I guess I'm just singing to myself now. Who sent you stuff? I don't know. Oh. We'll find Can out. Can we open it live on the lore dump? <laughs> I'll put it at the end. <laughs>
1: Sean wants to know what this Sean wants me to unbox this and put it at the <laughs> end. Oh my god, it's spelled the six six offnar. offnar and there
0: was no uh, unit number on it, so they could leave it with us like, <laughs> Who is this for?
1: Six O F N A R. It's from California? I don't know who it is. Alright, let's let's open <laughs> it. Let's see what this is. Hell yeah. Do you really want me to open this right now? I want keeps... you to
0: open it on the Lord up and I'll put it in the episode if it's like, cool. What is that? What is, who is his name? I was like,
1: oh, it's supposed to be my husband's handle. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what do you mean, handle? Is online, this guy a spy? Like, on, I was like, online, his username. <laughs> oh, this is from Robert. Ooh, wow, Jesus, Rob. Holy hell.
0: Oh shit, you got a Naga Pro? <laughs> Who God. the fuck's Robert? <laughs> He's
1: one of my other friends uh, from gaming. He just sent me a freaking Naga Pro for my birthday slash Christmas. Damn. Jesus, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Hey, Rob, you're a good friend. <laughs>
0: You caught that all live. Wow! Rob. yeah, that's
1: all on Rob. You're going to be on Lord Dump. Congratulations.
0: Where were we? <laughs>